You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Can We Talk? We got the usual suspects here with an addition, a new face. So we got Shane and Anthony. What's going on, y'all? Hey, what's going on? And we're also here with Kenya Abbott. Kenya, what's happening? Good. I'm glad to have you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself because this is your first time on the show. So tell us about yourself, what you do. Um, so uh, Kenya Abbott Jr. Uh, is what I go by. Um, I do Politicking, which is a talk show. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, you can tune in to politicking.org. That's P-O-L-I-T-I-C-K-E-N. A lot of people spell that wrong. Leave yeah. <laughs> Keep the K. But yes, Politicking. Uh, I also work with young folks. Uh, that's really my passion. Okay. Um, I'm at United Way for Southeastern Michigan, uh, currently working as a career specialist. But I just like to touch the city and just connect with different people that's moving and shaking. Awesome. Uh, all about community development, nation building. That's my, my yeah. lane. Definitely in the right place. We're glad to have you here. <laughs> Definitely in the right place. And, and we got Damian Mitchell. Damian C. Mitchell, what's going on, Damian? Oh, not much. Uh, uh, coming from church. Oh, how was, how was the service today? Well, they always keep it pretty short. It's <laughs> like 45 minutes. That's when you go to that Catholic church. He's Catholic, by the way. Huh? Oh, yeah, they, they in and out, except for the first Sunday of the month. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was daydreaming just a little bit, and I almost missed the money passing through. Oh, you almost missed the, the, the time? <laughs> but I'm glad y'all both were able to make it. Y'all, we got a good show today. First off, let's get into the hip-hop corner, because it's a lot of good music that came out. And Shayna... I need you to go ahead and explain this, this new J. Cole album. Oh, go man. Uh, the, the J. Cole dropped on uh, 420. Oh, we, we get to that. <laughs> okay, all right. The J. Cole dropped on 420. I uh, just want to say happy belated 420 to all of those that celebrate that. <laughs> did you allegedly celebrate? Allegedly. A, uh, ale- I allegedly. I did not. Just, That's well, a good mom right there. Right. Happy belated <laughs> 420. Kidding. Hope you guys had a whole, uh, safe and prosperous holiday. Um, mm-hmm. But I did listen to, and I thought... Um, like, I love how meticulous J. Cole is. Like, he dropped the album, you know, basically about the drug culture in hip-hop or in 420. Mm, yeah, right. But I really I really enjoyed this album. Um, the one thing that, the one critique I do have of J. Cole is that I wish he would outsource his production more. Mm. I think he's he's solid. I think he's a solid producer of his own work. That's why I don't like it when Big Crit reaches out. I like it when he's doing his own thing. Mm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, give us your thoughts on the album. I, I really like the album. I've been listening to it ever since Friday. My favorite song is Kevin's Heart. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. Mine is Brackets. <laughs> Yours is? Brackets. Brackets. That's my number two. <laughs> uh, my number two is 1985. I feel like that's a that's a nice lesson to the up to the up-and-coming rappers that are, like, you know, arrogant and stuff like that. And he's trying to show them the way without dissing right. them. Yeah, I I like the beat. Like it's very like ninety like New York type beat. So yeah, that's like that's my second favorite song on the album. But it it flows well. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. like the album. I like the content of the album. I love the album cover too because yeah. I feel like all meanings of the album are right there. And I just feel like J Cole he he's chosen his path by now. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like with Born Center, which I think to this day is still his best album. 
Like, I think that is me. Uh, I I think that's his best album to me. I think this one is like with time it could be the best. But I feel like he he's straight up become an introspective artist. Like he's got rid of the turn up J Cole mm-hmm. and he's focused on just being introspective. And I think that's cool. I feel like this album gave me like a like a Kendrick damn feel to it because okay. it like it. I feel like when I listen to damn, I, I liked it, but I need to it's, I need to have it set in a little bit right, more because right. it was everything at once that's and true. it was short. This one's pretty short. See, I haven't gotten to the, the, his album yet, man. So I'm, I'm listening just off of basically y'all perspectives. Um, but I've heard on, on Twitter, you know, people talk about it's a really good album. Some people, it's a po- he's polarizing. Some people like him. Some people don't. Um, yeah, I mean, he's very slow paced, deliberately slow paced, but I, I like it. Okay. Yeah, I saw on Twitter like someone called him the Tim Duncan of rap. <laughs> Like, um, right. like he's just like he's just as big as Kendrick and Drake. Like they play the same venues whenever they go to a city. Right, right. But like people can't really tell, I guess, mm-hmm. that J right. Cole is just as big because he's not, I guess, everywhere like Kendrick and Drake. Yeah, I uh, see that, dude. Speaking about Kendrick, oh, this is new heights for hip hop, ain't it? Kendrick won a Pulitzer Prize. Yes, for damn, for right. That's awesome. Yeah. Damn. Although I, I think though in my mind I would have gave it to him for to him butterfly. That's what I thought too. Con- yeah, but. conceptually that made the most sense. But for I mean, hey, you got to give his give him his prize. That's that's awesome. I, I think it's a you know it's just as abstract. I mean, Pimp a Butterfly. It's a great album, but it's really straightforward. Damn is abstract. You yeah. can look at it from different ways. You can look. You can really play it frontwards and backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that's not a bad award. Like, that's, that's not true. a bad award to give that album. Speaking of artists, uh, I know y'all saw Beyonce perform. Oh, yeah. I didn't see it. You know what? Amazing. <laughs> I got to oh, give yeah. Beyonce her credit. All right. So I, I'm not a, I'm not one of the, a part of the, the hive. But I I've think that she. recently priced out of the hive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see those hoodies they were selling and stuff for like yeah. $200. But I think she is one of the best artists of our time right now. Just just based off of pure energy performance, you know, skills. Like she's really good. And I, I always, I ain't. I never hated on her. It was just like, all right, it's just Beyonce. You know, I can't really. I mean, she makes good songs, but I don't really care that much. But yeah, she killed that thing. I, I got an artist. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, she definitely killed it. Like it was just an hour. What was it an hour and forty five <clears throat> minutes? Yep. Of just, of just everything. She sang the Black National Anthem. Right. That's amazing. <laughs> she had a drum line. She a marching band. Yeah, I love the, the 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 band, the marching band yes. theme, and like the take up because you know you know you when you go to a black high school or mm-hmm. yeah HBCU, they play popular music in yeah. the in the marching band, so it's like very reminiscent of that. I definitely enjoyed that. Where was this? What program? Coach, it was Coach on Ellis. Coachella, but it it streamed uh, on YouTube. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I gotta say, you know, objectively, I haven't been, I haven't really been a Beyonce fan, but objectively, I really liked Lemonade. I think that's yeah. a, I think that's a great album, man. You know, I think mm-hmm. that um, it didn't really like quote unquote convert me, but I thought it was a great album. Yep, and and after that album, I, I put in my mind that Jay Z will never reach her level. He can't. <laughs> that's, that's really debatable. I mean, that's two different no. genres, man. Still. That's two different genres. No, he's. I mean. He within his own right, he's a great artist. He made a bunch of hits, but her just she can that mass appeal. She appeals to everyone. Yeah, they had this debate Everybody. On, on Twitter. Basically, like when he tours, he does like smaller like arenas, but when she tours, she does stadiums. <clears throat> right. So you gotta give her a prize, man. And I, I definitely you know commend her. I think she did another performance, the part two yesterday, yeah, but that, that wasn't streamed. Yeah. So that, yeah, she's doing her thing. 
Anything, you know what? I do want to touch on current events, but a lot of current current events is going to touch on what we talking about for our main thing. But um, yeah. I guess everyone who may know Barbara Bush died. I don't really care. But um, <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. Like, she was ninety two. She's ninety two. It's, like, it's like it was expected. It's, it's she, she's ninety two years old. Um, but rest in peace, you know, Barbara Bush. And I was looking at um the funeral, and and Melania was looking happy. She's ne- sitting next to Obama. Smiling, you know, looking like she was uh, actually enjoying life for once. <laughs> Even though she was at a funeral, she was enjoying life. But um, yeah, it's just been a lot of craziness going on in the world again. I don't know if you saw the Waffle House, the Waffle House uh, shooting. I didn't uh, see any details about it, but I know they were saying like he was he was not fully clothed. Yeah, and a naked guy with four people injured, four other people. Well, you can't. You're not even safe for the Waffle House. Like that's wow. That, ain't that nuts? That where where did that happen? At? This is in uh, Tennessee. It happened last night. Hey, uh, you know, North Korea finally backed down. Yeah. Yeah, we were. Well, I was living in a state of anxiety. Like when Trump first got elected, I really thought Kim Jong-un was coming for our heads <laughs> because we had an ignorant person in, in the office. But uh, I'm glad that we, we got like a verbal, like um, a verbal statement saying, OK, we'll back off. I mean, can you really trust that, though? Listen, know. man, it's a start. OK, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, coming from our, our resident politician over here, what do you what do you think? You like the person that when Michigan has good weather, oh, it ain't going to last. I mean, you it always got to have You got to have a sense of like the skepticism because, you know, anytime you're doing foreign relations, man, people are especially leaders like him. They're going to change the wind. We also just had an ice storm in April. So, right. <laughs> Anything <is> possible. <laughs> Anything is possible. Damien, what you think on that news, man? Because I know you're the, the politician over here. You. I'm ready to run for office again. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't think we we should trust him, and I, I I don't know what kind of ploy it is, right. but I don't, I don't have confidence he's just going to uh, make a deal that's that's not going to be in his favor. I don't know. Of course I, not. I don't think so. So I, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's crazy enough to bomb us. I think he's crazy enough to think he wants to. If that makes yeah. sense. Now, what I'm thinking is those sanctions, man. They got hit with, hard with those sanctions, and I think it's finally hitting them. They need, um, they, they just need the resources right now. So they're making those deals. Yeah, and I really don't blame them. But um, I mean, in regards to other news that's going on, the world is still crazy. <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. Um, so Anthony, let's get into your two cents. Two cents, man. Uh, two cents. All right, sure. Um, so I uh, I recently saw two movies. Uh. Uh, oh, late review. I didn't. We didn't talk about this because we had the uh, we had the little uh, power outage or whatever. But I saw Owl of Dogs, and that oh, reminded okay. that reminded me of my dog. Rest in peace. Right. But uh, that was a pretty good animation film, good for adults and children. But uh, I saw two movies. Uh, you were never really here, and Traffic. Right. Uh, okay, so I get the independent one out the way. You were never really here has Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. Um, this dude's one of my favorite actors, man. If he really gets the 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 light to play the Joker, I'm gonna be excited. I think this man knows intensity. But you were never really here. Follows a troubled veteran. Um, he's a hitman, but he only does hit jobs that are like morally upright. If that makes sense, okay. like a politician hires him to find his kidnapped daughter who's been kidnapped into this uh this uh this underage sex ring. Mm. So, long story short, he 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 rescues her, but then more stuff erupts. More stuff erupts as it becomes a conspiracy as to why she was kidnapped in the first place. The whole movie is kind of fragmentary; like it's very violent, but like most of the violence happens off screen. Like when you see Joaquin running up on somebody with a hammer, it cuts to the person being on the floor dead because he lives a fragmentary life. He has like yeah. like horrific memories of being in war. You know, his mom got beat up on when he was a kid. 
Um, it's a fragmentary movie, but it stays with you. I liked it. But um, let me let me get into traffic. Okay. So, okay. Uh, Omar Epps, Paula Patton. Oh, shoot. You know, I fet like over the years, you know, I guess what they call them is urban romance thrillers. Hmm. We, we, we've been falling off, man. You know, I feel like, you know, we, we started with Obsessed. We transitioned <laughs> to No Good Deeds. We transitioned to some, you know, Tyler Perry thrillers and then we had When the Bow Breaks. Mm-hmm. I feel like Traffic Traffic was a breath of fresh air, man. I feel like right. it was good to see Omar Epps on the big screen again because he's a charismatic lead. Paula yeah. Patton's great too. I feel like it was it was predictable, but it was enjoyable and predictable. Okay. I feel like with this film, I'll just summarize it. Um Omar Epps plays a mechanic. Uh, Paula Patton is a journalist that recently got fired. They decided to go on a getaway from this um, this Tyler Perry-like cliche character who's a douche to his wife, played by Lanz Alonzo, very rich guy in the film. And his wife, his girlfriend, Rosaline Sanchez, they give him the place to stay. Little, you know, long story short, Omar Epps and Paula Patton run into these people who are uh, they're, they're, they're conducting a trafficking sex ring. So they cross paths violently, and it's all about trying to escape and get this story to Paula Patton's uh, former boss. Um, the the film touches on good points, like it's like I said, it's predictable, but it's enjoyable, you know. And I I really came to the conclusion that, like, I'm just I'm I'm an intelligent film watcher, man. Yeah. And that that might sound a little stuck up, but I'm like I'm sitting here with my girl and our our mutual friend Benny and his girl, and they're they're all like, oh my god. And, Oh my goodness. And I'm like, dog, I knew all that was going to happen. <laughs> right. You know, and, I, and I'm just sitting there like, man, I've seen this movie a thousand times, but it's enjoyable. You know, okay. it was, it was worth my money. And I got something else I got to tie into that ties into our theme for today. Okay. So what's, the, what's some movies that's coming up? Oh, Avengers is coming up this week. Yeah. yeah oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah. I got to make sure I see that. Dude, that's I got to, I got to see that with another person though. I feel like certain superhero films I can't see by myself because I'm not going to be as hyped. I need so a, you need a hype man. I need a hype man. <laughs> I do. Y'all, did y'all see the episode? So this is switching gears a little bit. Y'all see the episode of Atlanta that this was week? Great. I saw. Oh my god. I saw a snippet. I did not see the entire. You thing. need to watch this thing asap. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. Atlanta though. Atlanta. Is, he, he does. He does it in such a smart way. You know, throwing in these like these little uh, sort of vignettes, n- like character yeah. pieces. I mean, I'm 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 loving the season way better than the first season. It's a little darker. It way is, darker. But I like it though. Man, I don't want to give away too much because Shane ain't see it. But what what uh, movies have y'all seen? Have y'all seen anything? I'm still my Black Panther way. How many times have you seen it? I've probably seen it three. Oh, um, I need to watch it a little bit more. Though, <laughs> my mom is always telling me like, if you watch it over and over again, you start seeing stuff you didn't see. Oh. Um, as far as like where Wakanda is really located, I need to relook at the beginning of the movie, obviously, and see where they flying in to yeah. Wakanda. Right, right, that's true. <laughs> I, I did see a, a Quiet Place. That was good. I did oh yeah, see yeah. A Quiet that's Place, and I did enjoy it. Um, was John John Krasinski? Oh, he did. Mm-hmm. A, I think he did an excellent job uh, acting and directing. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was a good movie. I, again, I think we talked about that last week yeah. or two weeks ago, but what, he he did an amazing job. Yeah, yeah. Emily Blunt was great too. Emily yeah. Blunt did an amazing she job a great, as well. Terrified, you know, uh, pregnant woman. You right. Know? Like it was real. Did, so what about that Sherlock Gnomes? 
I have not <laughs> seen <laughs> Sherlock. I'm Gnomes. saying that because she's a mom. You know, her, <laughs> right. kid, her kid goes see the kid. She, I have not seen Sherlock Gnomes. Um, you know, that's her and her dad thing. They do the movie. So I oh, haven't okay. seen that. And he's going to have to suffer through Rampage because that's what oh, she want to see. Yeah. <laughs> is that really suffering, though? I feel like The Rock, he sells those movies. I wouldn't go oh. see it if he wasn't in it. I mean, I'm not going. He to plays see that. the same. <laughs> it's the same character in every movie, man. I can't stand. But I feel like him and Tom Cruise know how to sell that, though. They they know how to keep the charisma up. I don't know. Speaking of Tom Cruise, another Mission Impossible coming out. Yes, it is. I like, like all of them. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like he's he's what 45, 50 years old right now. Probably like closer to 50, still 55. Sell it. I think so. He's out of money. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna make a new movie. Yeah, he needs to go sit down, take a couple of seats. Yeah. Tom retired. Cruise broke. What you mean? <laughs> he broke. That's, that's Tom Cruise. Tom. I mean, still. He gave oh, all man. his money to the Church of Scientology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's, 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 yep. that's your pride. <laughs> Correct. Thanks. <laughs> so, y'all, let's make this transition into our main topic today. Let's do this, man. This, this, is, this is a running list. This is a running list. Uh, have y'all been keeping tabs, keeping tracks? Keep, I, I just got them all in my head. All right. So, the list for today. And, and this is this is serious because... I was talking to Damien about this yesterday. Like, we, we, we don't got nowhere to go nowadays. Um, so being a, a black person in America at this moment, what are the things that you should not do or that you should avoid? Or that you can't do. Or that you can't do because of fear for your life. Things you can't do while being black. Everything. Everything. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's everything. short. <laughs> it's simple. It's over. And the, the reason I was thinking about this, again, the situations that happened this past week, um, the guy from the two guys in Starbucks, obviously. Um, oh, yeah. yeah you, you, how do you forget about that? I didn't forget about it. I just it's, it's disturbing to think about it. So the two guys in Starbucks, they were literally sitting there for two minutes, two minutes waiting for their friend to come in, mm-hmm. had the police called on. Them, right. So you can't even can't even sit in Starbucks anymore. Right. Uh, it was a situation with a guy in the Walmart park, parking lot who I don't know what the situation was. I think he was sitting in his parking lot. No police shot him. Killed him. Um, it was another Starbucks situation that happened where the guy went to use the bathroom. He didn't pay. They told him he couldn't go unless he was a paying customer. But then there was other, a white gentleman who came out the bathroom at the same time who didn't pay, but he was allowed to use the bathroom. Right? Um, and there's one more. There's one more. Am I missing something from this week? Um, I, I don't know if this may this may not count, but there were like two black service women. One of them was pregnant, and they mm-hmm. were like you know kind of verbally assaulted by an older older white lady. I guess yeah. they had a dispute over a parking spot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a uh, military veteran was pregnant, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true, dude. Um, <laughs> this is how you go. It, it is sad, and um, I. I well, I guess you, I'll let y'all go first because I had I had a joke to go with this. <laughs> I want to hear this joke now. Man. You just brought it up. I mean, gotta... my, my mom, my mom, she she loves Starbucks. Yeah, and she says she had an incident. Oh, not an incident, but she walked into Starbucks and she asked the people behind the counter. She says, "Hey, can I use your bathroom?" And they started laughing. They like, like, of course you can, ma'am, because they heard about the incident. She says, "Why is that funny?" And that's when she learned about what happened. She says, "Oh man, no, I wasn't trying to be an a hole. I was really asking, can I use your bathroom?" She was like, "Never mind." <laughs> but yeah, this is a serious thing. And last night I was in Greek time with Damien, and we were just sitting on the corner, just talking, you know, looking at people as they walk past, <laughs> just judging people. That's what we did. <laughs> and we were thinking, I was asking Damien, like. Do you think, and police were driving by at some point. I was like, do they you think? They were down there heavy they were. last night. They were. What um, happened? 
It's Saturday Saturday night in Greek time. Oh, man. But I was thinking, like, should we be afraid of our, our, our livelihood just being here? You know, Damien got dreads, you know, so I was like, man, they stereotype people with dreads, because you already know. But um, I was like, what, what do we have to fear beyond this corner? We're just going through the list of things. And it's so valid. It makes you sort of, it's almost like PTSD. Like when situations happen, you know, you, it triggers things in your mind. Like, should I be doing this right now? Um, but I'm going to start off with the first thing on the list of what you should not do while being black is, drum roll. Exist. Yes. <laughs> oh, for real? No, I was going to say driving. <laughs> Just don't drive, y'all. Make sure you get an Uber. Um, <laughs> catch a bus. Take a train. Ride a bike. Don't drive. Simple as that. There's been so many incidents, as, as we all know, the hundreds of incidents that happened with someone in the car being pulled over, yeah, getting killed, yada, yada. Just a recurring thing. We can go around the room doing that. Let's though. do it. Come up with different things. Who's next? Right, who's go? next? Kenya, what's what you got other than everything? <laughs> <laughs> right, because you can't do anything. Uh-huh, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Don't talk to cops. Like, just avoid them in general. Like, don't even have a conversation, you know? What, what, if, what if one is your cousin or your... your I your, mean, your... that's a different kind of circumstance. Nine times ten, they probably going to talk to you first. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I would just say avoid conversations with the cops. You know, okay. they never seem to go right. They always go right. <laughs> that's debatable. I don't know. That's, that's debatable. debatable. Well, I mean, it depends on the cop, though. It depends on the situation. And, yes, it depends on, on the cop. But, yeah, I mean... I mean, all of these could depend because I feel like I get away driving. Yeah, I mean, has there there's been there's been moments where I got pulled over. I'm like, what did I do? You know, I didn't do anything. I didn't, you know, I may have been speeding a little bit, but it happened uh, to me in East Point. <laughs> What'd you do in East Point? What happened? Uh, apparently, I um I ran the red light, but I I really didn't run the red light. And mm-hmm. um, a guy just come, a police officer came up to my window, said, uh, all right, you got a good driving record. I said, yeah, you know, you, I got my insurance here. He says, all right, let's keep it that way. <laughs> Looked at my stuff, gave it back to me, and said, all right, be safe. And just oh. walked away. I'm like, well, what yeah. was what was the hassle? I mean, right? You could have just went around, went about with your day. If you're gonna, go, if you're gonna do it, do it the whole way. Just give me the ticket. But he's right. like, all right, I left you out with a warning. Here you go. <laughs> no, I get you got a good driving record. Oh, we are gonna give you impeding traffic. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> something yeah, the with citation, no, something right. with no points that's not gonna affect your insurance. It was texting hey. and driving. Right. Hey, no, I, I wasn't. Hey, I count my <laughs> blessings, but still, you know. No, it was one time I was I was definitely in the wrong. I was going probably twenty five miles an hour over. And he was like, oh, you got a clean record. You're good. So he gave me a citation. Oh, got a citation. So it was like $100. But I, I kind of deserved that one. I got pulled over on the lodge. Everybody what? thought that was surprising. Wait, what? I drive <laughs> 80 on the lodge, like, what? easily. No, nor- you mean Northwestern Highway? <clears throat> no, on the lodge. <laughs> on the lodge. It's police like on the lodge? Miles. That's what I said. Oh, my right? God. And I apparently got pulled over for doing everything. I was um, switching lanes. I was going too fast. And I was tailing. Oh but it was God. one of those situations where he was just like, you know, you have a good driving worker. Just, you know, right. be safe. Be safe. Maybe slow lodge, down. <laughs> I don't get that on the lodge, though, because I swear no one goes 50 or 55, whatever that is. Nobody. But. Hey, you, I guess you got. Uh, did you get a ticket? Look, man. Anything? No. Okay. I'm gonna be real. When I had when, before, when I really had my license, before I even got insurance, I was driving like I was like an old lady, man. And everybody was <laughs> like, "Why are you so safe?" I'm like, "I gotta be. If I get pulled over and I ain't got no insurance, what's to say I don't get thrown in the in yeah. the in the well, clink?" If you or if you get into a car accident, that can financially devastate you if you mm-hmm. don't have insurance. Yeah, that too. So I had to drive like an old lady, and I still do with insurance. Yeah. <laughs> so, Shana, what's your uh, 
Yeah, yeah, you got to get a drum roll for sure. Uh, you can't leave your minor children unattended. Oh, mm. oh. like that's, you have to monitor true. them. You know, if they're outside playing to yeah. make rice. You have to monitor them if they have to walk to school. The recent incident that happened here in Michigan, where mm. the gentleman got lost and he got shot at. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that did happen. Yeah, I, I remember that, man. But that guy, he did, he did he get sued or did he was he did he serve some time? Because I know something happened to him. He got arrested. He got arrested. Yeah, it's still pending. Yeah, yeah, so that was the one I was trying to talk about. Did he post bail? I, I heard that his bill was real low or something. It was like, like $50,000, but it right. was like attempted murder. Like, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. I mean, it was like, you can't even ask for directions. You can't knock on somebody's door. Like, hey, I'm lost. Can yeah, you give me some directions? Uh, that was crazy. Renisha McBride. Right. Um, she got an accident. For help and she got shot. Hey. But he went to, he's serving, I think, like, uh, I, I want to say like 17 to 35 years. Mm. That's mm. good. Mm. Damien, your turn. Yep. Let's see. I'm going to say walking. It's so true, though. I'm going to share a short story. It's like one minute. But uh, I'm going to tell you who the person I was with at the uh, in the middle of the story. But I had a town hall meeting. And it was addressing, like, education or something. So uh, I had the meeting, so I had a tie on and my suit. And uh, my friend came with me uh, to the house. It uh, was the place was like three blocks from the house that I had a meeting at. So he's like, yeah, we're going to walk, walk to the, uh, I think Coney Island somewhere. So while we're walking, he had a suit on too. We're walking, and uh, the tree branches had fell on the sidewalk. So we walked in the street because we couldn't walk through the tree branches. Right, right. <laughs> right, right. As soon as yeah. we walked in the street, I, we didn't pay attention. The police car like, zoomed up, turned the lights on, had their guns out, oh. and told us to put our hands up. He's like, what? So we put our hands up because, you know, we didn't want to do nothing. So right. uh, I was like, uh, uh, where are you guys going? It's like, uh, going to get something to eat. <laughs> where you mm-hmm. live? Next uh, block. Uh, see your ID? Uh, he said well, he heard some some gunshots. Asked us, did we hear anything? I said, nah, we heard no gunshots. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, okay. So my friend, uh, he said he wanted to see his ID. He said, why you need to see my ID? But anyway, he pulled it out. You know, he's a police commissioner. Oh. He didn't know that. <laughs> so, Put that, that that card on him like that. Yeah, so he kind of kind of started apologizing, saying that you know it's, it's protocol. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, so you just pulling over everybody that that you're seeing out here tonight, and right. you know he didn't really have too much to say, so he got his badge number and stuff. But uh, we wasn't dressed like anything. It was yeah. uh, two uh, Caucasian cops, and and they, I felt unsafe in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like they was a threat to me. But it was, it was protocol. It was it was <laughs> that's the that's the key word protocol. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. I was just about to ask. What is right. the protocol? Like I need to see the books. Where the records at? The receipts. Does this follow an event that this happens? Right. Or is this every day? <laughs> so yeah. So in, in my neighborhood where I normally feel safe, mm. they made me feel unsafe because I have guns drawn at me. Yeah. Uh, Talking about gunshots that I didn't hear. I don't know what what gunshots they heard. I mean, if if it is something we usually hear, but I, I didn't hear nothing. But your block is hot though, man. I remember. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I drove over there that one time, man. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Crackheads everywhere. <laughs> no, nah, it's cool. Don't put them out there like that. Eric. <laughs> don't put them out there like that. My bad. It's a side note. <laughs> that was that uh that neighborhood party. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where everybody came from. <laughs> oh, it was in that block. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's different. That was. It wasn't bad. 
right, Anthony. Anthony. All right. Um, oh, drum roll? Oh, yeah. Ding. Uh, working. <laughs> <laughs> right, listen, listen. Let me tell you something. When I when I work in my um in my first job and sometimes my second job, I'm on the phones a lot, mm-hmm. and I do not recognize who that guy is. The guy yeah. that's on the phone. It's just you know it's 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 code switching. It's see. I don't even know if I can do it now because I'm in a comfortable environment. But it's just um. Let me see if I can get my get my white voice. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it's like you know. Hi, this is Anthony Holding in um in in uh funding. Uh, how may I help you? It's like that's not how I talk. You yeah. know, but I gotta have that voice at my job. I can't, I can't have my normal dialect because it sounds quote unquote unprofessional. Mm. And this goes even deeper as to when, like, you know, during certain events during last year, um, Trump's election, um, Colin Kaepernick kneeling at the flag, you hear certain conversations that irk you among your coworkers who are mostly Caucasian and, you can say something because you want to say something, but if you say something, then it becomes awkward. Then it becomes then you become that one word difficult yeah. because you don't agree with the masses of why they think, oh, that's disrespectful. Oh, we're really going to make America great again. Oh, black people are just complaining. And I didn't directly hear that, but you hear that mm. in the tone. And you can't you can't consciously work while being black, mm. or you can't work while being consciously black. I do believe that. The term is called John Henryism, <clears throat> where it's like where, you know, people of color, black people, you work twice as hard and then mm-hmm. you deal with on the job, you know, subtleties. Um, mm-hmm. And that causes stress on your body and yeah. it can shorten your life expectancy. Mm. So you got to, yeah, I don't want you to, to, to die on this, man. So make sure you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So, hey, give, give, give us some more background about John Henry for the people who's listening. John Henry, um, is it, it's like a fable? Where the yeah, gentleman, he yeah. was a black gentleman. He competed with a machine to, mm. what is it? Build the like, railroad. To, build to, a to, railroad to, to, you know, <coughs> dig the hole yeah. in the, to, so that the railroad could go through a mountain. And he beat the machine, but then he had a heart attack. Mm. At the end of the story, and he died. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I'm depressed now. All right. Um, <laughs> Move, move. You want to keep it going? I got one. Yeah, let's go. Let's keep All it going. Right. All right. <laughs> Ding. Going to school. Getting your education. As we know. Oh, go ahead. Man. <laughs> As we know, most of us went to Michigan State. Being on campus, it could get a little bit racially uh, yes. insensitive sometimes, depending mm-hmm. on where you are. And I think I told you the story where I was walking in like West Circle at night and a group of white kids came and said, what you doing here? You don't belong in West Circle. <laughs> like, like what? Like I don't belong, and I'm paying my tuition. This is my this is my school. I don't belong on that side of campus because I look different. Like, so, and that's just one example. And there's many other examples where, st- where students are, you know, legally searched, you know, um, by police. You know, things where professors are saying some things that may be taken in a different way. Just microaggressions that exist. Um, yeah, education. I'm telling you, university system is one of those things where it's, it's every day you're dealing with something. I got something perfect, man. High yeah. school. I went to high school. Uh, the place is shut down. I went to U- University High School in Ferndale, Michigan. Right. And I remember on our way to go to the bus, we have to cut through the suburban neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And the police were hearing, the police were getting concerns from the suburban neighbors saying, okay, these kids are being loud. And okay, these kids are being loud. And everything like that. So the police officer actually came up to our school and said, look, when you're walking through suburban neighborhoods, be quiet. 
And I'm and you know, some of us are in there like back then I gotta be honest, I wasn't I don't like using this term. I wasn't as woke. So mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, he's telling us to be quiet. Might have been the you know, that dude in that class I don't like that was talking so much. Right. But most people were like, Well, what, we can't talk? He's like, Look, I know what it sounds like, just be quiet. And, you know, some of the teachers were kind of crossing their arms like, you know, you want to be a little bit more sensitive to them, like, right. you know, like explaining a different way. I didn't catch it back then. But when I think back on it, yeah, that officer was being an asshole to us. Yeah, because, I mean, think about it, y'all high school kids. you are going to be loud. Right. Right. So it's more yeah, it's more to it than that. Kenya, I know you, you got some more. I already know. All right. I already know Kenya got some more. But, I mean, my, my first one got shot down. I don't even know how to feel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The everything? Uh, Let's take care <laughs> Black folks can't. Don't go to the ATM, (laughs) the credit union (laughs) in Detroit, because it's only like three. Yeah. And if you go on a weekend, you're going to be in line the whole time. Ain't that crazy, though, how black folks, most of us deal with banks? Um, If we haven't learned anything financially, it should be we should be pooling our money a little different. (laughs) Right. That's true. Dang, I didn't think about that one. Speaking of bank stories, I remember Damien and I we was at the <laughs> where was we, at? we were at the ATM in downtown Detroit. Uh, this is probably bit, what three months ago, something like that. And Damien was like, "Man, did you get did you get cash out first? Or was it me? I think you did. I got cash out first. So when you get yeah, when you got the cash out, there was this guy he's standing like he for some reason came right directly behind <laughs> Damien. Like it's, it's etiquette to this. Like you don't yeah. you got to stand at least ten feet away. Like he, my man came up literally right <laughs> behind him." I was like, man, we about to get, man. You want to fight? You got to fight, Damien. Like, we, we, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. I was like, is space, space is necessary. No, he, he had he had his hood on. I'm like, man, hands yeah. in his pocket. Yeah, I thought he was about to get me. Yeah. That's right. a set it off moment. Right, I was like, Damien, man, good luck. I see you. Um, <laughs> I'm headed home. Looks like we have our own prejudice of our people. <laughs> <laughs> like the- no. that, that ties into what I'm going to say. Right. Let's go. Who else? Oh, Shana. Oh, to piggyback off of the banking thing, black people can't get access to capital. That's not predatory. Oh, yeah. That's true. Payday loans. That's the, true. The uh, subprime mortgages you can't that even, disproportionately you, affected black people. You can't even get a business loan nowadays. Like, you got it. Nah. Wow. It's, it's bad out here. And my one thing, too, is that we're trying to push entrepreneurship in our communities, but you can't even get a loan. That come, that's sad. I mean, we should push for entrepreneurship, but we should also push for, like I said, you know, on the last podcast for black politics because they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and financial literacy. You got to financial do. literacy like this that that all works together. Yeah. Like I don't, but I don't hear a lot of people. They want to groom their children to, you know, like I'm going to teach my baby about checking and savings, you know, and stocks and bonds, of course. Mm-hmm. When she teach my baby that, hey, you got to have several streams of revenue okay right. yeah that's fine but i never hear anybody say i'm grooming my baby to be a politician mm. damien you, you that's, you, that's what they politician. do <laughs> i'm trying i'm about to i'm about to run well that's, that's, that's the baby's choice though <laughs> i mean like I, I, I there's something about parenthood the baby's gonna be what the baby's gonna be it's gonna grow up to be a man or woman that does what they want to do not if you're black it's just about, <laughs> it's just about supplying the the basis for childhood, though, so that right. your child can dream. The, the issue is most of us are growing up and then we become adults. Yeah. 
and you you're fending. I mean, you're fending for yourself. Right. You know, you yeah. don't have any economic basis. You don't have anything that's built into you. But you look at our, you know, the opposite. Right. Or whoever else is in the world, they groom to where you don't have those financial barriers. You're not dealing with coming home from college. You're going home and having to pay rent. You probably mm-hmm. got somewhere to stay. So that's money yeah. in your pocket from work. Your people probably got you a car. That's more right. money in your pocket, right? You probably right. got some type of savings somewhere stacked mm-hmm. up against you or something that you're invested in. That's that's so that's different. It looks different for us. When we come back home, we fiending for ourselves. Right. <laughs> you right. gotta provide all of that. And then on top of that, still be trying to save and, and wanna be an entrepreneur and do X, Y, and Z. Can't dream when you focused on the basics. Yeah, they do a lot of hit pieces on (laughs) like they do a lot of hit pieces and negative pieces on millennials, but they always leave out the context of the policies that affect you know the high student loan debt, Mm -hmm. the poverty, you know, of millennials. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing too, we we look at financial capital, but we got to look at the social capital, you know, our networks in the community. You know, we got to look at sort of um, how we how we sort of building our kids that platform where they they can they can reach out to they they um I don't know banker in the community or reach out to a lawyer. Who you know looks like them? Who can give them advice? They can support. We just don't have that, you know. Especially if you're looking at kids in Detroit, you know, they don't have a network of people who are lawyers or doctors or or, or engineers they can just refer to. So, so we got to build that up as well. And that starts with the schools. It starts with no. It starts in the house. It starts in the home. It starts in the home. Shout out to shout, Marquise. Shout out, shout out shout to Marquise. Shout out to Marquise. It starts in the home. Um, and we need to bring him back on for another show. I swear, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, hey, I've been I've been missing him, man. Damien, your turn. We gonna this, this is gonna be another round. Being a uh, state police on Bel Air. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? wait, what? Explain this. I don't. Oh well, the uh, the, the, the graduation graduating class. Oh, the graduating class of uh, the state police. Uh, uh, once they had uh, changed the uh, requirements on the island. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the numbers of state police. I think the first class didn't have any, so they improved it. But the numbers are still remarkably low uh, for African Americans being a part of the state police. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's something that's that's important. Yeah, that's that's true. It's all about representation. You gotta, especially if you're policing the community that you're in, you gotta reflect that. Yeah, and like uh, was that the uh, city clerk uh, Janice Winfrey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had, uh, she felt like she was being harassed when she was on the island. Oh, then no, she was at the time, but she addressed it on the news. Hey, hey. and that made change happen, huh? Uh, well, a little, <laughs> right? It ain't changed that much. All right, Aunt. all right. Uh, things you can't do while being black. <laughs> going to the movies. What? Oh. Listen, listen, listen. Now this is like this is the prejudice that 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 Kenya alluded to that you know, I I don't have self-hate. I love my people, but during while we were watching traffic, um you know, it was me, my girl, <laughs> my boy and his girl. You know, we we just, you know, we chilling, we enjoying the movie. We're we're yelling at appropriate times when shit goes down in the movie. But there's these two older women in front of us, uh two older black women, and you know, <laughs> All you hear is, bitch, go in the house. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, what, 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 what are you doing? I love the commentary. Like, <laughs> like, like, it's like this whole body gets shot, and you know, and I'm just sitting there in, in like, 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 nigga, you know, like just, just like that to myself, and I'm like, I'm like, yo, bro, who, who brought the rats in the kitchen? And I know, I know that's, I know that's a harsh statement. I know that's it harsh. is, but I was like, bro, I was like, you go to these places like MJR. 
in like Sterling Heights and you think you wouldn't like quote unquote run into that. Yeah. Like there's a reason I don't go to the theater on eight mile anymore. Uh. The the former Phoenix. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good theater. <laughs> <laughs> not always, man. Not always. But I mean, it's just like, and I, I no, it's not self hate. I love my own mm. people, but it's like you don't want to hear that at, in the movies, though. Yeah, I think it's a mix of societal, sort of societal norms, and who the, those norms are built around. Um, but I think, it, I mean. I enjoy the. I don't mind. I mean, I, I do. It depends. I, it depends. Like I don't mind it, but if people. I remember I was at one place. Somebody had their cell phone light shining throughout the whole movie. Yes. I'm like, that's that's a little too much. Um, but if it's something like you know somebody saying something commentary, I don't really, I don't know. It doesn't bug me that much. But I can see where you where you come from with that. For sure. I, listen, man, I'm a cinephile, man. I, I I soak up every moment in the theater, so maybe right. that's just me. But it really irks me. Yeah, and I can see because you, yeah, you paying attention to all of it. Yeah, uh, when I went to see Thor, it was a man back there with his two kids. And, like, their commentary had me, like, the movie was already funny, but their commentary had me cracking up. Like, I I don't know. I like it. But they weren't saying anything disrespectful. They no, weren't saying anything no. that was, like, derogatory or, like, offensive. No. Hmm. I, and I believe one of them had already watched it on the fire stick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So he was like, "Yeah, it, it's such and such. It's Doctor Strange, you know." Like, like you just ruined it for everybody. But everybody. I, I enjoyed his commentary. So, do you think that it made it more weird that the older ladies were sitting there? Because I cringe too when I hear disrespectful stuff around elders. Yes. Versus if it's just me and my homies, like you know, like so. It, maybe if they wasn't there, it wouldn't have felt that bad. I mean, regardless of age, I still would have felt like you know, like. Nigga, shut up. Like, I still would have been saying that in my head. Like, you know, whether they were old or not. But it's just overall, it was like, it was like, come on, man. We still doing this in 2018? Right. You know, that's just me. I kind of want to shift gears a little bit. I, th- this is a question I had. I was trying to answer in my head all week. Do protests, like the social protests we have with, with Starbucks, do those really do anything? No. I mean, and, 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 Yeah. Somebody help me out with this. I'm, no, it was going through my head. And I, I know. do civil rights training every year. It's a requirement. That's such a, <laughs> such a thing. It's just, I feel like it's useless. Like you, it, you already have your beliefs. So I don't think you can train that mm. out of people. So, but Starbucks does have an obligation though to do something. I mean, mm-hmm. I personally just feel like we just shouldn't be shopping with Starbucks. I mean, that's just me, though. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't spend my money in certain places right. because I just don't expect much. It's but it's expensive. like it's more so people that that love Starbucks. They are. Doing I always t- wonder what <laughs> their per, what their perspective on everything is. Well, like, I got a gift true. card, but once it's gone, you know, it's on. I'm with y'all. You know? <laughs> just like with H and M, like after this H and M discount is over. <laughs> well, they they are doing something. They are. I think they were shutting down a day to do racial training. It's an afternoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they'll be open in the morning. But it's just the afternoon. I don't know. I just feel like this stuff is so. They only it's, it's it's PR. That's it. Like they're doing it just to, to show the image that they're supposedly fixing or correcting the problem. But like you said, diversity training. I actually went to diversity training um, this uh, this past week, and it was on like per- perspectives and images of different races, ethnicities, and all that. Um, it doesn't I mean it's it's fine. It's nice talking about it, but once you leave, you don't remember anything that you talked about. So there's really no point of even even going. Um, but is that really effective? Like, is that going to boycott and, and and not spending money there? Yes, it's going to take its toll. But first off, I don't think a lot of black people 
drink Starbucks anyway. There not, aren't not any in the city. There aren't in gentrified areas. Right. Like, it's, it, it's no Starbucks on the east side. So our, their main clientele isn't us anyway. So it's not going to hurt. Black, eh, black people do it. They just, eh. I just think it's just, I think it just, it's, it falls on deaf ears at this point. I mean, but has there any? No, they, they, it's a voice. Don't ever say that. It's a voice. I will it may, say it may not ring loud, but it's a voice. The H and M protest. I think it did work because I have I've stopped shopping there, and I don't really miss it. I, I wasn't even aware of it, man. I wasn't you know, aware of the H and M. I mean, like I looked at it like a Forever Twenty One store. Like I looked at it like that's not for me. You know, I never knew like what actually went man, down H&M there. I looked, some, I looked at it like, oh, that's just one of those stores that I would never go into unless my girlfriend they, dragged me in. They have some know? quality men stuff. Well. When I used to go there, it has some problems. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't know. And especially because I'm like, you know, being a sort of smaller guy, I need stuff to sort of fit a little bit better. I know that's sad. But um, and if it fit, it fit better than other stuff. So I kind of I kind of miss it. But um, I don't I don't mind anymore. I think that process and seeing what they did and seeing the response to it, I'm like, all right, this is a cause I get behind. I can do that. I mean, has there, has there been any other protests you think were effective um, within like the past five, ten years? On stores, corporation, corporations. Oh, we can even look at universities, though. I mean, with the black cloud rolling over MSU. Mm. I don't know if y'all really know, but I was in protest at MSU during like, oh, was that 2011, oh, yes, yes. 12 yeah. school year? I think I was around that time. They did the black power <coughs> rallies and all that. I mean, they were still we doing still that. Do was that was a tradition, mm-hmm. but right. yeah. But they was doing like the silent protests and stuff. And so yeah. I don't know if y'all know, but they had demands. So we all like made all of these demands that happened. Mm-hmm. And through that, one of them was uh, demanding that um, the African-American African Studies Department be, will become a department. For a long time, it was just an academic Shout office. out to uh, Dr. Dagbo. Oh, yeah. Hell of a lot. I paid a lot of attention in that class. Yeah. But, um, Amen. <laughs> but beyond that, right now with this dark cloud going over MSU, yeah. it's really like a thing that... AAAS might become a department. Mm. But where the question is, has students not been demanding that? Would they even mm-hmm. care about that? So I think protest matters, but protest has to be strategic. And people, yeah. I think that a lot of our protests that we see, even looking at the Starbucks or H&M, a lot of us, it's reactionary now. Yeah. And so through reactionary protests, you don't get the, you know, you don't get mm-hmm. the longevity of seeing your, 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 your things come to life. And to piggyback off of that, I feel like any protests or demands that aren't related to labor mm-hmm. right. or like hiring because like the H&M thing if there was a black person in the advertising room that wouldn't happen exactly you know if there was a you know a black manager at that you know the Philadelphia store that wouldn't happen yeah so I um is it, it I think it like it all goes back to labor okay mm-hmm. nice so wrapping up final thoughts Oh, there's a lot of stuff we can't do. Yeah, we, have, uh, we haven't covered everything, but go ahead. I just think that we have to be, and it's unfortunate we have to be sort of hypervigilant, you know, just just to exist. You know, you sort of have to just look over your shoulder sometimes and think about the what ifs. And that's not, I mean, that shouldn't, that shouldn't be the case. That's not right. Um, you know, I shouldn't have to fear if I ride my bike in, in, in a Royal Oak at night, somebody, somebody going to think I'm breaking into to, to cars or something, breaking into houses. Um and so uh, it's just it's, we got to change. It's going to be hard to change the culture, but we got to sort of, um, I don't know, do something to, to to make people aware of what we're facing. So that's my final thoughts. What about y'all? <laughs> yeah, real quiet. This um, is tough. This is a tough topic. Um, I just think um, we just like I said, we like whenever it comes to like if if we're going to be reactionary, we got to bring it back. We got to bring it back to labor. 
Mm-hmm. We got to make sure there's more black people, more black men, because in 2016, one in five black men did not work. So mm-hmm. we got to make sure there's more black people in the room when these decisions are being made. And it's not that we're not educated. It's not that we don't have the experiences. It's that we're not we haven't been given a chance. So. And even being in a room, actually speaking your mind, like it be black people in a lot of these rooms, honestly, these yeah. days. But we we scared. It's like we scared to be unapologetically black. Yeah, like right. I'm, I'm gonna say my piece. That that's mm. stupid. <laughs> and we should be able to stand firm in that and not feel some type of way because we are the minority in a lot of those in those spaces. Mm. I will say though, to to, to counter your point, um, a lot of times the direct. Overseers, direct managers, you know, they won't, don't look like you. So people fear, like, if I say something and speak out, am I going to lose my job? I'm going to get fired. Things that, that such. shouldn't matter. Yeah. It shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't, but. Well, I was going to say, I, 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 I guess I'm speaking more from a creative side. I want to see more creative projects that are, uh, black owned. Like, I, I look at shows like Dear White People in Atlanta and, you know, these film, these projects are written by black writers, but they're written by talented, creative black writers. Like, yeah. you know, you, they're looking at things from a different perspective. And, you know, I, I, I'm always coming back each next week. We need more things like that. We need, like, I hear more production studios are having, like, have, like, an inclusive writer. Yeah. Like, I think Michael B. Jordan brought it to light. Like, just, like, just to be more inclusive with every film production. You know what I mean? And I think that's, uh, that's nice. I like that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to say that I think, um, just family values. Uh, family values is something that we lost, and, and we don't uh, push it. Uh, and and as you see in the in the last few years, we had a lot of TV shows to look at to be stronger. Like Family Matters, it was a family, a daddy, a mama. It was uh, Prince of Bel Air, Cosby Show. I don't know Bill. And no. then that's well, you know. Stop. <laughs> but but as, as as time changed, you start seeing two boys and a man. A, you start seeing uh, what's another uh, living single, and and the whole TV shows changed. So the stuff that was going into people's heads. Wait, living uh, single was actually good. That's a good. good. <laughs> that's a good series, man. Don't talk bad about that. Man. I mean, it was good. Oh, but wow. But how they was doing like family ties and stuff. It was years of family shows and the family shows was broken up. So uh, I think uh, stronger families make stronger people. Yeah. Nice. I like that. All right. But thank you all. This has been a great episode. Another, please like and share. Please like and share. Subscribe. Yeah. Yep. SoundCloud. Um, iTunes. iTunes. Yep. It has been another great episode and we will see you all next week.